Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley with the biggest stories of the day. It's the Big Three at Three. Number one. one, one. All right, uh, as we are here, Big Three at Three. Clint Sterner, he is out. Our guy, um, our guy uh, Brandon Scott is in. You can find all of his work, Sports Radio 610. Uh, we're, having a good, we're having a good time thus far, yeah, baby. Man. Keep, keeping the seat warm, having some good discussion. Plenty of good, I wouldn't say good things to discuss, but good topics, I would say. This is a this is bad news that we got on Jalen Carter and his so, sort of tie to that deadly crash and all of that. But this is an interesting conversation to have in terms of, of draft and how you evaluate players and do your risk-reward analysis. Yeah, it's good, it's good time, yeah. He'll be back tomorrow. Tyler is out. Jake is in here holding it down. And uh, D'Amico Ryans, he spoke earlier today. He spoke uh, for the first time in front of the media since he had his uh, his press conference when he was introduced as the new head coach and really since he sat down with us on the drive uh, later on in that day. That was a good interview, by the way. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, well, D'Amico, one of the questions was, hey, Brought in Matt Burke, does this mean that D'Amico will be the guy calling plays defensively? Or is he going to let Burke do it and in in just be in the head coach role? This was D'Amico responding to that question today. Uh, still still going through that process right now. <laughs> Haven't decided that just yet. But uh, Matt is very capable of calling defenses. He's done it before. He's knowledgeable of our scheme and how we want to play. So I'm uh, – very confident in Matt calling the plays as well. All right, so no, no, no commitment either way. Said we yeah. hadn't gotten to that process thus far. First off, I don't believe you. Um, I yeah, feel that, like I feel like that's the first lie that D'Amico told. Might have been. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, this is something that Hill probably was figured out in the process, uh, in the interview process. Yeah. You know, if you're calling plays or not. My my thought is, and I throw it to you. Do you care? Not really. Not really. Like I, you're really I, on the fence today. I don't really it's care. A second on the fence type of. Uh, no, I, 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 I actually believe in nuanced conversations and nuanced discussions. <laughs> really and, on the fence, hey, man. But you, you've seen me lean into a thing. If I lean, <laughs> if I believe it, I lean into it. I say this. I feel like D'Amico Ryan's already knows that he can call a defense, and what he doesn't know is whether, like, what what exactly everything entails on being a head coach. Like he's called the defense before. He's done that already. Okay, as a defensive coordinator, what he hasn't done has been a head coach. And so if if he like, what I want is for D'Amico Ryans to get through his first season as head coach, feeling as good about it as he possibly can and to be as comfortable in the role as he possibly can. And if so, if he doesn't want to be the head coach and defensive play caller, if he feels like that is too much on his plate and that he can delegate that to Matt Burke, I'm all for it. If he actually does want to call the plays and I've theorized this as well. I wonder if this is the case. I don't have information that it is, but. Remember that Matt Burke was the game management coach for mm-hmm. Robert Sala in 2021 for the New York Jets. That was Robert Sala's first season with the Jets. He did the mm-hmm. game management coaching. I wonder if Matt Burke is the defensive coordinator in name, but D'Amico Ryans is the one that's actually calling the defensive plays. And even though Burke is the defensive coordinator, what he's actually helping D'Amico Ryans with more so than just coordinating the defense is the game management stuff. And and to your question about do you care? No, I don't care about what mishmash of the sort of order is of what that what it is that they do. I just want them to kind of figure it out and delegate it 
properly, and then they can kind of go from there. Now, really, all that I talk, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar space. <laughs> now you, I would listen. You was, you was putting off that that flip flop on me, but you had a little bit of you had a little bit of waffle on you too. I, I always prefer. Now understand this, so I'm going to. I'm not going to get on the fence. I'm going to say I'd prefer he call the place because my deal is like if you got somebody who's really good at it, and if we've watched the last couple of years, like D'Amico Ryan's is. Seems to have a really great feel at what to call, when to blitz, when not to, what kind of coverage to, to run. When you got somebody that, that's good at it, I kind of like that guy to do it. Like yeah. like when people say, like, oh, wow, who's going to call plays in Denver? I mean, I guess Sean Payton could say have somebody else do it, but Sean Payton's really good and has a really good feel at calling plays, I think I'd like Sean Payton yeah. to call plays. I feel like if I had more of an expectation that they would win over six games, that they, would, that they would actually be a competitive football team, that maybe I would care about that part of it a little bit more. But since this is, we can acknowledge, a developmental year, again. and the coaches, uh, again, yes, again, the, the reality of it. Charm, hey, the reality of it is, it is a developmental year again for the coaches, and then for a lot of the players, too, if they could use this year to figure it out and, and just the simple fact that it isn't one of those years where it really matters who's calling the plays, then I guess I can be off of that. But, yeah, no, if this was a team that was competing the way the 49ers were, had had a little bit more to play for like the 49ers do, then maybe i feel a little bit but, differently about it. But if D'Amico came out and said, I want to focus on the game day, I want to focus on being the head coach and being able to be present yeah. all the time yeah. to talk to – Bobby Slowick to talk to the quarterback to talk to the middle line but talk yeah. to I'd be cool with that yeah. too. Yeah, and, and when you and, got somebody that's that good at it. I'm but like, also, Matt, Matt, so go ahead and master that though, since you're already so good at the fair. play calling and you the head coach. So that means you I can hate it. You can take over play calling on really on either side of the ball whenever you feel like it because you're the head coach. So it's not like he's giving up something that he that he, that he can't just like that take back away. So he's in charge. So if he wants to figure out all the rest of those things. He can do that and then decide that he want to call plays and not call plays whenever he feel like it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So I don't have a, I, I'm not as strong either way. And I think you made a really good point there. Of uh, it's a develop, it's still a developmental year. You know, let's maybe in the developmental year you get the, you you get the head coaching stuff down. Yeah, pack. Yeah, because they they didn't I hire him to be just a defensive coordinator. I mean, they they no, they, they hired him to be the head coach, and then trusted him to hire a defensive coordinator. So hopefully, the dude that he hired. You kind of just trusting that that dude is adequate. Yeah. I, I'd like them to call a place, though. Number two. All right, the Houston Rockets got drilled again last night. Yeah, um, I was there. 133-112, and uh, Tyler Milner did not listen to me. Um, uh, I t- He told me, oh, they've got a – because if you follow the Rockets, generally – the best, pl- the best player has, a, as you said, a stat game. Yeah, Hell, a stat game. not even stat career night. Fourteen times, uh, somebody has uh, has scored over forty against this Rockets defense, uh, including the other night, seventy from uh, from Dame Lillard, and uh, and really Clay. He can't wait to play the Rockets because he's gotten over forty twice yeah. against the Rockets. M- mind you, Dame was doing the load management thing before it was time to play the Rockets. Yeah, he loaded he's, up to play the Rockets. <laughs> he saw the Rockets on the schedule. Yeah, like, all right, I'm, I'm ready. Set this Kings game out, but I'm gonna get these Rockets. Yeah, yeah, he came up for seventy one on. Them. Yeah, yeah, let me get uh, out there. And 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 people was like, oh, Jokic, reigning two time MVP and probably in the lead to be the MVP right now. He's coming wow. to town. Tyler said, oh my god. 
the line is 23 and a half points for Jokic. I said, no, man, I wouldn't mess with it. I said, I don't think this is going to be close. And sometimes Jokic isn't always motivated to score. My man had 14 points last night. Tyler lost that cash. Uh, didn't listen. Didn't listen to me, yep. man. Didn't listen to me. But this is this is becoming pathetic to me. Like I, becoming. Like I, like no. It's just it's just. And I've said it. I said it coming out of the break. That listen, Stephen Silas, I, I think needs to be relieved of his duties. Uh, and it, it just because I mean we're beyond them not reaching him. Ever since that game, I'm gonna pull it up. Ever since that game, where uh, after against Oklahoma City, where they gave up 150 plus. And he came out slamming ta- tables, and uh, and he was mad and talking about they're not giving the effort. Yeah, they're not. Well, like they... you would think after that, Brandon, that hey man, all right, our coaches, he means business. He's serious about this, this not uh, this not giving up points thing. After that one fifty three performance, they've gone one forty the next night. Yeah, the very next night. 140 the next oh, I'm sorry they got a day off 140 well, the game though two the days very next later, game the next game 130 back to back 140 130 to the kings then i guess maybe they felt themselves and they gave up 97 but after that 123 133 116 131 133 like he seemed to make defense a priority and they're giving up it's like it's gotten worse it's like they're it's like they're doing the opposite that part just blows me away. It seems to be that he is making a cons- like he is upset. Like get this together, and they're like, no. Well, the main thing that's disappointing about them from a basketball standpoint is they can't do either of the things that's really important in today's game, which is like you always have to be able to defend. You don't have to be great defensively, but you need to at least be able to defend. But on the offensive end, you've got to be able to shoot threes. If you can't shoot, if you are a poor shooting team, you got to get after it defensively because that's your only other chance to like create opportunities in, in transition. And then this is a young team with athleticism. They do have that at the very least. Like You should be defending your ass off and getting after it on the other end in, in fast break opportunities. That should be like literally what their identity is. And they can't even get that down because they won't defend. They won't put the effort in on defense. That's the part is. So you it, can clearly see it. Yeah. I know you're watching it. You're oh, there every live. night. I was I there last night. TV. Yeah. It's it's not like, boy, they just they're just not talented enough defensively. They're like you would think at least after how much he's going off, there's a there there's an uptick in effort. Oh, but that but that is. I, I said last I mean, night. You show, check it, just check in in the second quarter on. Show. I said stop ball under my breath because you know you can't cheer on pressure and all of that. But under my breath, I whispered stop ball. You know how you say stop ball, stop ball so many times. It could be like a producer drop, like you know mustard on the beat or something like that. Like it could be, it could be one of those types of like drops. Like I said it that many times because I'm like, okay, you made it to the NBA, which means you played basketball before now, and one of the early lessons that they teach you is to stop ball. like, And all that means is get in front of the guy, make him pass it, make him go around you. And no, it's just like, hey, free reign to the basket right well, there. Well, I, I, I don't get it. Tonight, I, don't, I don't understand it. Tonight at the Toyota Center, for you all who are looking for good entertainment, they've got a back-to-back, which means the defensive effort should be even poor. And they're playing one of the, the better offensive teams. And I just watched the Lakers – let Ja Morant explode in the third quarter for oh, yeah. nearly 30 points yesterday. I got a feeling Ja Morant, who is not bashful, 
who is not going to come into the game like Jokic and say, oh, let me get a couple of passes off. Ja Morant is sniffing and smelling blood. I would not be shocked if we come in here tomorrow and Josh got 50. Oh, and they don't have anybody that can guard him. Like like Shea Gildress Alexander the other night. uh, So whenever Oklahoma City was going off on them, Shea was having some incredible nights against them. And that was because not not really that that night where uh, Silas went off, but throughout the times that they played him, they haven't had any answer for them for 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 Shea. Well, Ja is built in a similar mold, yes. but even but even more explosive. You would argue like Shea might be a better shooter, and Ja's just a better overall athlete. But if they can't guard SGA, they can't guard Ja, and so it's going to be another long night. But I'll say this though about Silas because you mentioned that him needing to be relieved of his duties. His presence on this team is, for me right now, the most transparent display of them not trying. Yep. Like, I get that his contract expires after this year, and he's a lame duck anyway, but the fact that he wasn't fired long before the All-Star break, long before the midway or mark of the season, the which is, well, when I say the midway point, because that's long before the All-Star, All-Star break, break yeah. these days in the NBA. The fact that it's been able to last this long to where they only got – 15, 20 games, however long it is left in the season, shows you a transparent effort to allow this to be okay. That that they don't have as much of a problem with this as the rest of us From do. the text line, for real, when is the, the last time the Rockets won a game? The start of Black History Month. February 1st. There you go. It's March 1st. That's the last time they won a game. It's a, it's the, it's We're the, sitting a clean it's, month. Through. It's, it's the short month that they give us, but it's a month nonetheless. Yeah. And that's how long it's been. February 1st. March 1st is the last time they won a game. And that was against they Oklahoma play, City. They don't who, play once a week. And th- and that was against Oklahoma City, who, by the way, has had their way with them at other times, but also should keep in mind, not a good team. Big three at three. Number three. All right. Uh, Jalen Carter, that's the big story right now. And I know many people are jumping in and haven't heard. He is, by many folks, believed to be the top prospect in the draft, the defensive tackle. Uh, out of Georgia has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with the crash that killed a teammate and recruiting staff member. Right now, uh, what comes with uh, these charges, they're both misdemeanor charges, and um, it is either $1,000 in fines and uh, and uh, community service or one year in jail. Most people are, are saying this would go towards the fines and the community service. But uh, but the thought is, what? how far is he going to drop? What teams? Because there are going to be some teams that just say, nope, he's off the draft board. I thought it was interesting to say, or interesting to hear today, at the same time, D'Amico Ryan speaking about how he views players, and he used the word character. This is interesting, especially coming off the news of Jalen Carter. So it's all about finding the right guys, where the free agency draft, right? and it's about getting to know the player. Right. I can appreciate talented guys, but I truly want to know the character of a guy of who we're bringing into our team. Because if you got the if you have the right man, then we can we'll have the right player. And I don't want to go through that process backwards just because a guy is a great player. If I don't if I can't talk to this guy and understand who he is as a man and what is his goals. Right? What does he aspire? What drives him? What is his why? Think that weighs heavily, more heavy on me than the actual talent of a player. All right, your thoughts when you hear that, especially when we see what's happening today with uh, with the news of Jalen Carter. Yeah, I mean, I I think it is the dilemma that 
the talent evaluators face. Because when I talk about risk versus reward, like you do have to weigh that. Like maybe it isn't all the way like you like it in terms of the character assessment. Maybe it isn't everything that you want yeah. out of that player in terms of what is his why. Which what player is going what, to be that? What makes him tick and all of that. Maybe you don't love all of it, but is he so good? You know, is he so good that it overwhelms those concerns? Does he fulfill a need that you have so greatly that you've got to risk that and and like risk the reward being being greater, like or, or you know weigh that? So to me, it's really interesting. I, I liked how he said that you don't want to do that process backwards. Yeah, I, I would love to hear him kind of elaborate on that. Like if he really believes that it would be sort of a backward evaluation to go talent and then tell me about what kind of character he is as opposed to like, I, I think, and I think that's good that he views it that way, but he's like, Hey, I want to know about the man first. Cause I'm already assuming that if he's in this position for me to talk to, he's got he, some, sort he of must talent. have some, some, well, some sort well, of talent. This one with Carter, we know yeah. the talent. He yeah. probably knows the talent first. Yeah. As he said earlier, also when he was asked about, it, he hadn't sat down and talked with them yet. Yeah. But this is a lot to hear that from D'Amico, the head coach. I think that's a wise way to look at it. Of, yeah. His yeah. view on things, especially what was happening today. All right. Sometimes, um, sometimes, and this is why we love to communicate with you all, the listeners. This helped us become the number one afternoon show in uh, in Houston, number one afternoon sports show in Houston, is because the conversations we get to have with you. And I had a thought about Kyle Tucker earlier this week, and a listener, a texter, they thought was better than mine. We got to bring it to the table. I don't know why I didn't just go this far and think about this earlier. We'll discuss that coming up next on The Drive. Texans GM Nick Casario on the state of their quarterback room. We know we're going to add to this position. We have one player on the roster currently. I'd say it's probably going to be a combination of draft, two free agency, could be two draft, could be two, you know, however it goes. So we're going to look at whatever resources we have available to us, try to make the right decision. Insider access, exclusive content, Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. It's been a long time coming, but the new XFL has arrived, and it is here to stay. We're pushing the action, the boundaries, and the limits of what's possible. We're making dreams come true both on and off the field. This is for every player, every fan, every city. And it's a chance for everyone to be part of something bigger. The wait is over. Come experience the XFL. Your Houston Roughnecks take on in-state rivals San Antonio Brahmas Sunday, March 5th at 7 p.m. at TDECU Stadium. Tickets on sale now. Visit xfl.com slash tickets. That's xfl.com slash tickets. Come out and cheer on your Roughnecks. Come experience the XFL. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the biggest and best win it all, get it all promotion in gallery furniture history. Here's how it works. Come out to gallery furniture right now and buy $5,000 more worth of furniture. 
Tempur-Pedic sleep sets, accessories, anything in the store, even the Markdown items, 72% off. Buy $5,000 or more worth of beautiful furniture and get it delivered today. And if our own Houston Cougars win the men's basketball championship on Monday night, April 3rd, NRG Stadium right here in Houston, Texas, your purchase free, free, free. Buy $5,000 or more worth of furniture. Cougs win it all, your purchase free. I'm JR of CBS Sports Radio, and I want to introduce you to a new podcast titled Agents of Inclusion, brought to you by Special Olympics, Odyssey, and JR Sport Reproductions. Every Wednesday, we'll be speaking with a different Special Olympics athlete to share their stories of perseverance, accomplishment, and path towards inclusion. We don't want you to just listen. We want you to become an active agent of inclusion as well. Special Olympics, agents of inclusion, bonded on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this market, you'll find Fisher Investments is different than other money managers. Different how? Aren't we all just looking for the hottest stocks? Nope. We use diversified strategies to position our clients' portfolios for their long-term goals. You don't just provide cookie-cutter portfolios? No. We tailor our clients' portfolios to their goals and needs. But you still sell investments that generate high commissions for you, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We're a fiduciary, the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. It means we're obligated to act in our client's best interest. So when do you make more money? Only when your clients make more money? Yep, we have one transparent management fee structured, so we do better when our clients do better. Sounds like you really look out for your clients. We do, because our priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. That might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments. Clearly, different money management. Investments and securities involve the risk of loss. Hey, it's Tiki Barber. When part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it shows. And sometimes the only solution is to replace that part with something new. It's true on a championship team, and it's also true with cars. That's why I love eBay Motors. They have all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. That way, you can get the parts you need to make your car a winner. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo. Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Imagine a world with endless possibilities. I'm talking endless saving and endless hot showers. Yeah, you heard me right. Endless hot showers. With Navian, that dream is now a reality. Navian tankless water heaters deliver a continuous flow of hot water for as long as you need it. No waiting for a tank to reheat more water, wasting time and energy. The compact design saves you space and money in comparison to traditional tank water heaters. It's time to make the switch and make your hot water dreams come true. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. 
Odyssey celebrates Women's History Month with music, original podcasts, and the female leaders shaping history. Download the free Odyssey app and listen to our original podcasts and music created by women. For more, check out odyssey.com slash women. Sports Radio 610 presents Clint Sterner and the show. All right, welcome back to The Drive. Clint is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Brandon Scott is in. Tyler is out. Jake is holding it down, doing a hell of a job producing uh, as he uh, holds it down for Tyler. He'll be back next week. And Cabo, I think he's landed. Hopefully he's landed by now and enjoying himself. Uh, By the way, man, I got these weird pants. Got some new pants. Why, why they weird though? The only thing is, man, I don't know. Some people, I don't know what you, where you all are. Are you, uh, are you wear your wallet in your side pocket or wear your wallet oh, in your back pocket? Because like, like people who are side pocket wearers are people who have trust issues. Yeah, same. I'm with you there. So I, I did not trust myself my entire time last week while I was in New Orleans because I got these new shorts that I bought two, two different pair. Uh, one black, one kind of a khaki color, like kind of like what you got on. But I'm used to, you know, even even shorts having a back pocket. Neither one of these did. So I had to carry the wallet in the side pocket and I never felt right about it. Yeah, never you, did. I got to guess with Jake. Jake, uh, Jake, you feel like a back pocket where I mean, you 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 roll with artillery anyway. You feel like a back a oh, back yeah. pocket guy. I, I'm a back pocket guy, except like this past week when I was at the cook-off with so many people around. Smart. Smart I had to move. go in the front pocket. Same what? with my phone, because my phone's usually in the left back and my wallet's in the right Oh, you back. phone in the left back? Yeah. yeah I'm mm-hmm. going in the back of the phone. Uh, I know you I, have I, I, I was. No, I, I can't now. because can't now. I used to, and now I can't but because of the pants, phone situation. I'm not trying to show you my ass or anything. But these pants. <laughs> yeah, no, it's on camera. He definitely is. These the pants. Camera, camera sees it. I've never had a, the, the, the depth. That they go look where the the wallet well, is. Yeah, it's hamstring. And see the, at I, the I, bottom of the hamstring. See, I like, like those. I like. I do. It feels I like, like it feels safer. Yeah. But it it is deep. Like yeah. when I'm sitting down, it's. I mean, it's clutching the bottom portion of my hamstring. And yes, short jokes are coming. It's not about my height. These just pants. I mean, yeah. it is some depth. It, it make you feel like maybe you got a hole in your yes, pants and your and your wallet has time. slipped further down than it's supposed, supposed to. to. It does. But yeah. no, this was just. I had. I like it though. Yeah, yeah, no. Like it's the best of both wallets now. Like now, if you untrustworthy, like you got to, like you got to do a whole lot to pick my pocket. Yeah. Now the thing, I'm I'm feeling, I'm, I'm getting. You got pass ass and everything. Yeah. Now the thing I don't like about it is that you can get, you can get a little bit of, you can get a little bit spoiled and put too much stuff in the pocket, Mm. and then you look up, and now these pockets are so deep, you didn't put so much stuff in there. Now you got to sort through your pockets like it's a bag, <laughs> and it's hard to get stuff up out of there. That's that can be the downside. But I will say, having to put the pocket or or the the wallet in the front pocket last week, it's the first time that I really really considered heavily the man bag. It's a weird bad. feeling going yeah. in, going in the front pocket. Just yes. remember that, it's man. Weird. You you front you side pocket people. Yeah. Like deep down, y'all got some trust issues. Yeah. No, I, but I probably definitely hard to commit without a doubt. Probably single. Yeah, I can see it. It's probably not. I can see it. I can <laughs> see it. Those trust issues, putting them on the side, like dog, man, you got you on the side. Yeah, the on the side. it's a really weird place to have it. And again, unless you don't have the option of the back pocket. So yeah, but <laughs> if I, you I ain't got the option. Yeah, if you don't, but yeah. you got the option. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Yeah, but I I definitely thought of going to the to the uh, to the fanny pack or to the man bag. It, it, I I considered it last week. I did because I I disliked having the wallet in the front pocket that much. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't like yeah, I, yeah, I don't like it. it. It feels weird. Yeah. Like when I'm in workout shorts, it feels weird. Very weird. To have it there. All right. Uh trailer trailer will and frame text line. You can jump in on this thought. Earlier this week, I said Kyle Tucker needs to be a priority for the Astros. And when I say a priority, he needs to be pushed further up in the batting order. I think he has gotten screwed over by the lack of production. He seems to be the guy that is one of the good hitters in the lineup that has been the one that gets the worst level of protection or doesn't get it. Last year, I know many of you and your love affair with Yuli, but if you're honest with yourself, through the bulk of the season, Yuli was awful. Uh, And that's not a ton of protection behind you. Before that, he was the one that was behind Carlos Correa, and then he's getting protected by the likes of Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers, and and Maldonado lurking. So, like, I, I just feel like I feel like to me over the over the last two years, Kyle Tucker is your best all around player. Last year he wins the Gold Glove. Last year he's second team All MLB when they started doing that thing. Like he is your best all around player. Twenty five steals, let the team in steals. I propose that he moves up to fifth and bats between Abreu. And between Alvarez, I think Alvarez obviously bat fourth, and then he goes he goes between batting fifth between him and Abreu. To me, I feel like what Dusty is going to do is have him behind Abreu. Then someone on the text line said, "Show, I think he should be bat second. And I thought to myself, "Damn, yeah, that's better than that's better than my fault." I have so much respect for the professional hitter Michael Brantley. And I said, there's no way I would boo, I would keep Pena up there because I think Brantley has, has, has earned that. I think I want to see more than those 30 days that Pena had that were amazing that we'll never forget. But Kyle Tucker, he's one of your three best hitters. Yeah. Well, that's what he's, that's, that's what he's shown to be. And he's got speed. He steals bases. I don't know how much you want to do that in front of Alvarez, but there's an option there. I think that probably is the better move of having him in the two spot. Yeah, no, Alvarez is going to bat third, and they'll have Bregman bat fourth. You think so? Like, I'd be shocked because, I mean, that was how it was in the postseason. I'd be shocked if they deviated from that because, I mean, think about it. It wouldn't make sense to go – to me, it wouldn't make sense to go the full in, the full inning, especially if they're not going to do the thing with Tucker and move him up to second. It wouldn't make sense to go the whole inning without no Alvarez or Tucker at bat. Like to to get to but the second inning, but before. that's how it was before they made that switch. They had it was Bregman, yeah. Like they had they had Brantley Bregman. They were going the right left, yeah. right left. But, but once they changed it though, then they put Pena up there. They put Pena up there, but and then they moved up. Then they got the right uh, to, left to Alvarez to third, and and uh and then they they put uh at fourth they put Bregman. So uh, so I think they'll still do that and could still do that with uh with Kyle Tucker. I think the numbers will show you, like, Kyle Tucker, I agree with you, is probably their best overall player. Like, overall. Overall with defense, the, everything, yeah, speed, running. The, the numbers still suggest, and I think this still supports the point that you're making, but the numbers still suggest that the best hitters on the team are Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, yeah. and Alex Bregman. Now, the the reason why this point still holds is that at this point in their careers for where Brantley is with the injury history and Pena, look, that was a great postseason that he had and a great rookie season overall you when you consider that, the expectations. Again. You got to do that. You got to do that some more for me to just. Yeah. Kyle Tucker is the more established player. Like I get he was the, you know, Jeremy Pena was the World Series MVP and all of that. Like I understand. But 
you know, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, Kyle Tucker is somewhere around your third or fourth best hitter. Okay. So to me, that means he should be batting somewhere in the top three or four. And it makes sense to me, the idea of putting him second. Cause another thing, and I was mentioning this to you as well. I want a base runner right there as well. Like I, I prefer to have a guy who can both threat for power and also be a base running threat at the same time. So to me, that's a no brainer. Now, the bigger question really is like guys have different level of comfort on where they bat. Kyle Tucker just may be somebody that doesn't want to bat second, doesn't feel comfortable enough. He could be. He don't seem like that. He could be. He definitely could be, especially now with this pitch clock stuff. I got I, no, no, I got a problem with Kyle. I got a problem with Kyle if he doesn't want to bat want to bat between Altuve and Alvarez. I got a problem. Like I think he's. That's my thing. Is I want to see him get and see see better pitches than he's seen. Yeah. No. I like get if that. we got to convince you, dog. Hey, man. You're gonna you you're gonna see the best pitches of your career. You're gonna see more fastballs. Yeah. Because you're gonna have potentially Altuve on base and you're gonna have Alvarez behind you. Yeah. No, I support I, I, I personally support it. But keep in mind, keep in mind, it was the same issue and he ended up doing it and is doing it to this day. But Jose Altuve wasn't a big fan of hitting leadoff. Now he's their leadoff hitter and one of the better leadoff hitters in baseball. It's, you know, save for a couple of dry spells here and there. Michael Brantley but that was doesn't, going from two to, to leadoff, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's hit he's hit all over the place. Yeah. But, yeah, going from two to leadoff. But still, he didn't want to do it. Uh, Michael Brantley doesn't want to uh, – doesn't really want to DH. But now that is, like, his existence. That's his lot in life now. So what is he going to say? Nah, I ain't going to do it. So I, I wonder how much convincing it would take uh, and how comfortable he would be. But for me, I definitely would prefer would to see him lineup? get more at-bats. What would be your lineup? I would go – I think the top five needs to go – Altuve, agree. Tucker, agree. Then you go Alvar for me. For me, Alvarez, agree. Bregman, agree. And then fifth for me would be Jose Abreu. And then I would figure it out after that from between what I do with Michael Brantley and Jeremy Pena. I go Bra- Abreu, Brantley, yeah, and Pena. I'm fine with that. And Lovey can keep his or Dusty can keep his left right left deal. Yeah, and then Chaz McCormick with uh with Jake Myers in uh in Sugarland and yeah. then uh and then uh and then Machete. And then Machete, yeah. I, but I think also that the numbers and the numbers guys will be able to get to Dusty on the left right, left right thing and just say, Hey, but this guy still like this left handed hitter still hits right handed pitching, i.e. Jordan Alvarez, like he's right handed. Uh this right handed pitcher hits left handed or this right handed hitter hits Left-handed pitching like a monster the way Alex Bregman used to do. Uh, I know he kind of went down on that a little bit last year, but historically he hits left-handed pitching great. So I think it'll be a little bit more nuanced than just of right, left, right, left, right, left. All right, listen, the big thing with the Texans still is going to be who's going to be the next quarterback. And we got a draft quarterback discussion you don't want to miss. That's coming up next. It's about time that you stop complaining about your allergy and sinus problems and do something about it. Dr. Matorn's taking a holistic approach to your treatment, specializing in quick in-office procedures that can get you on the road to recovery. Set up your appointment today by calling 713-665-8887 or get more information at drmatorn.com. If you're suffering from allergy, sinus, and or sleep problems, I'm telling you, Dr. Philip Matorn is where it's at, folks. Check him out at drmatorn.com. That's D-R-M-A-T-O. R-I-N dot com. 
Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. An hour from now, live from West Palm Beach, we'll hear from Sean Pendergast, who's out there. Powered by Shoppa's John Deere. Appreciate them for sponsoring them to get down there as well as um, Academy Sports, where I got these pants with the deep pockets. All right. I, listen, I want to throw this to you. Um, trailer Will and Frame text line 713-572-4610. You can jump in as well. The Texans don't have control of the board. We don't have to go by and, and, and relive why they don't. You know why they do or, or why they do not and the Bears do. They don't have control of the board. And listen, you can hope for luck and potentially a miracle but, Brandon, there are so many teams who need a program-changing face-of-the-franchise type quarterback. I think Bryce Young is the best. Now, we'll see it all the time where almost every year the number one guy, even if he is consensus, we find ways and things to do to knock him down, to talk, you know, and, and, and Bryce is going through that right now. Andrew Luck, who was thought to be the best um prospect since John Elway RG3 started coming on strong where people were saying stuff like that even Justin Fields and company was coming on strong on Trevor Lawrence even though we had said since Trevor Lawrence beat Alabama he was the guy we're seeing that with with Bryce Young but let's not get crazy it's a reason why everybody continues to rate him as the top guy and with that with the uh, the with the need of so many teams for that type of guy, and I don't believe the Texans are a, are are an organization right now that would trade up from two to one to get their guy. I don't like. I would be shocked off my butt if yeah. they did that. I don't see them doing that. To me, I just am starting to operate like Bryce Young is not going to be there, and I know that hurts you and many others. And hell, it hurts me. I want to cover Bryce. I want the Texans to win. I want them to, to to start winning games. I'm tired of three wins. I'm tired of it. I want them to get get Bryce, but I don't think they'll trade up to get him, and I think somebody will go off and do what they need to do to go up there and get him. I think that's the interesting part about it, though, or the fascinating part about it, because independent of everybody else's desperate need for a quarterback, all of those teams that are behind the Texans that need a quarterback, independent of that, I would probably agree with you. And to be clear, I agree with you anyway. I don't think that they're going to trade up. But to me, if they were, the urgency should be that much higher when you – and I know Nick Casario said, hey, we're not worried about what the Bears are doing. We're not worried about what the next team is doing. doing yeah. Trying to make it seem like they're only worried about what they are doing. But to me, like, let's just paint the scenario where Bryce Young is the guy that they believe in and, the, and that they don't believe in any of the rest of the quarterbacks, right? Especially – this high okay if you think that and you suspect that the teams behind you think that like it's not just important for you to go get them but you're kind of playing defense as well like you're not able to just assume that that guy's going to be there because like the team that is picking first that has the number one overall pick they don't need a quarterback they're much more likely to trade that pick to somebody who does so to me the Texans should be in more of a position or be more inclined to do so than they normally would under a normal situation. A, because they need it, 
and B, because they have to play defense from somebody else coming to come and get it, something that they actually need and, and are probably more so hoping falls down into their lap. Also, I feel like the Texans are the best trade partner for the Bears because they have the most to offer and they give the Bears the best opportunity, if this is what they want to do, oh, yeah, the, you, the, you. the best opportunity to get the most from, from a trade package and still land at two to where you could still get the player that you would have drafted anyway at one, even if you hadn't traded it away. Oh well, yeah, you give it, you're making great. Well, sense. So, so I'm saying, but it, it makes too much sense for the Texans to not, at the very least, consider it, even if they land on not doing it. Oh, I'm sure, which I think is would, sure it would also be okay. I'm sure they've discussed it, but to me, I it would be it would fall into miracle range if they if they text if yeah. they if they trade it up. More likely than not, they don't yeah, do it. Like I, I yeah. think it's more likely. More likely to me is we'll be sitting here and Bryce Young will be off the board. Yeah. So, and, and the Texans will then have control of it at the two spot without Bryce Young. And we know, I don't care what you're saying, the number one need for this team is a face of the franchise and a quarterback. They need it. That's what they got to have. If Bryce is off the board, is C.J. Stroud and Will Levis good enough to say, bam, I'm going to take them at two? That's where I'm going with. Because Bryce, to me, I would hope that that is who they have in front. Some may not. Some some don't. It would be really weird if they didn't. Is C.J. Because think about it, though, to that point that you just made. The football people, the footballees, like the people that are watching film, none of them are talking like that. Like no. Bryce is not the guy. No, yeah. Like they might have the size concerns, but they're like, nah, you know what? He can't He's really play. He's still going to go. He's not really good. As long as he doesn't weigh 170 pounds, yeah. we're good. No but one is saying that. But yeah. is Stroud and Levis good enough to say – all right, we didn't get Bryce, but these guys, we do feel they're 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 good enough to take us to where we want to go at that position. Yeah, C.J. Stroud to me is like, mm-hmm. and, and so you go yes with Stroud. Th- this has been where I've been in a little bit disagreement with y'all on this show because I know Clint has been heavy on this, and I agree with his sentiment for the most part. I would just deviate a little bit at the end, but like the point that Clint has made a lot on this show of hey. Don't come in here and tell me that the difference between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud isn't so significant that you wouldn't be disappointed if you missed out on Bryce Young, if you really believe Bryce Young to be the guy. Like, the the, the difference is significant enough for you to not come in here and be like, oh, well, it's okay. We'll just settle for C.J. Stroud. I understand that point in a vacuum, but then I would backdoor that with, okay, well, C.J. Stroud, independent of Bryce Young, to me projects as a first-round quarterback, like a guy that you would pick. Let's pretend that Bryce Young doesn't exist or that Bryce Young is in the next class with, yeah. with Caleb Williams and them, and that, that's going to be the 2024 class. And all you got in this draft class is C.J. Stroud, and Will, Will Levis, Levis, Anthony, everybody else that you, you still got. Would you draft C.J. Stroud at number two? If you're asking me, I would say yes. You would. Because I feel like he projects as that. That, that doesn't mean that he's going to be the next big thing. A but, lot I of, think, a, but I think it's a sensible – I've always thought that the math works out for the Texans in this way, that even though they messed up, and not getting the number one overall pick, the math of it all makes sense for them that there would be two quarterbacks that could come in and play for them right away. And you just said it. Their biggest need is that quarterback, face of the franchise. It's two of them that I feel like that could one is significantly better than the other, but it's two that could come in and play right away and be a difference maker for you. And I do believe C.J. Stroud to be that dude. I, I, I feel that way. And, and, and honestly, based off of their most recent tape, and I'm not making a case that C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback then Jalen Carter is a defensive tackle. But based off of a lot of their most recent tape, like we've seen C.J. Stroud shine the brightest against the 
best and most in in like the stiffest competition that he could find in college and and he rose above and rose to that moment so like there's no better thing to compare his uh production to or his performance to than the georgia defense and you saw him come up big there yeah yeah boy that that one's tougher for me um because Bryce is so like for me, I w- I would personally move heaven and earth to go get Bryce, and I wouldn't be mad at you if you did it. <laughs> right, I wouldn't be I mad would, at you at all I if would you did just it. Just for for the belief, because I like I don't know about Stroud and Levis, and and I know we've talked about this off air before. Like my thing with them with Bryce, I can see the special. Yeah, I think Bryce has the ability to spread the ball around, be the facilitator, like like Clint has talked about, but then also, man, we watched him repeatedly at at Alabama, the off-schedule stuff, the creativity when he's in off-schedule stuff, um, and, and, and make plays when stuff isn't perfect around him, and make other receivers better. Like this cast of receivers he had this year is different than what others in Alabama have dealt with. And Will Levis, I, I mean, he... He's got really he's got really good size and CJ Stroud has been really productive. But like I can see that specialness. You say what's the specialness? One, I think he could facilitate big time Bryce Young and I think he has a chance to be special when it comes to off-schedule stuff and can make plays even though the defense has it done right. I struggle, Brandon, to see what the special is with C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, what it potentially can be. Because all of these guys that we look at as some of our top quarterbacks, the 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 Mahomes, the Herberts, the Allens, the, the J- Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah. you tell me, Jalen, what's his special? Bam. Jalen, man, Jalen's a beast with them legs. Right. Jalen is a beast in the run game and changes how you have to cover. Yeah. That's why A.J. Brown gets wide open. We understand with Mahomes, Josh Allen, he's something we ain't seen. He runs like Cam, but he throws it. Like Marino, like I mean, this is maybe that's a little strong, but he throws the ball at a high rate. We can see the special Lamar, his legs. We can see the special part of their game. I'm having a hard time to deal to figure that out with with Stroud and Levis, and to pick them up there without just saying, "All right, that's the thing that that I can point to that that can be special." That that's where I get hung up with those. Yeah, things. and the only thing that Stroud is really lacking for me is like this it factor that's actually more intangible than anything. Like, it's hard for me to actually quantify and really explain to you. But I don't get, like, a certain it factor slash moxie from C.J. Stroud that I would prefer to have from a guy that I drafted at that, at that spot at any position, honestly, but definitely a quarterback. So that would be my main question. But from a football standpoint, like, what's the thing? Like, I think his accuracy is above average. I don't know if it's, like, you know, going to be one of the best of all time or anything like that. But from C.J. Stroud, the two years that I've watched him, to me, the accuracy is good enough. Like, uh, guys have been wide open in, say, in that offense. But I've also seen him drop it in buckets as well. So, like, the, the – The bo- Georgia bo- game was good to see that. But, yeah. yeah because, because So, there's pieces of tape of both. You're like, oh, well, well, he's got all day. The, 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 the man is butt naked wide open <laughs> and all of that. There. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. But I've also seen him fit it into tight windows. And the things about – one thing about C.J. Stroud that I would give him over Bryce Young is that the things that he needs improvement on are actually coachable and teachable, and the things that Bryce Young allegedly needs improvement on are not things that are in his control. They're about his size. Whereas with C.J. Stroud, you know, Clint talks about his feet and some of his mechanics and things like that. 
you can coach a guy up to to be better with that. And then on top of that, he already has pinpoint accuracy. All right, that's uh, that's interesting, D. I, you know, if if Bryce is gone, which I think he there's a, it's more likely that he would be. You'll be sitting there with the two spot. Do you believe Stroud and Levis is the one? You say Stroud, okay. I I, I had a hard time kind of seeing the special there with those guys. I may I may have to be out. All right, coming up, uh, Clint Sterner's football at four. We'll try to uh, hold it down for him. And no, try. We gonna hold it down for him. Oh man, we got this. I gotta uh, no I I gotta admit. I was wrong. I was wrong about something. I was wrong about something with the Texans. You don't say. And I <laughs> and I'm man enough to admit it. Even though it doesn't happen a lot, I'm man enough to admit it. We'll talk about that coming up next. But before that, guys, it is rodeo season. Uh I was just out at a at cookout and having a good time there. And I'm telling you, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of fellas out there having a good time, and I'm hoping that they continued to have a good time with that partner with them. And I would say to those guys out there, don't let ED keep you down, even during rodeo season. Join the millions, and I mean the millions of men getting ED help right now online. Go to studrx.com for the right ED meds for you. And since it is rodeo season, use the coupon code STUDRODEO, STUDRODEO, and they will hook you up. That's GetStudRx.com. Be a stud, not a dud. Only for Texas residents through a licensed telehealth provider on our website. 